Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Phantoms of the Silver Screen, the podcast that loves to recap, review, and give unnecessary opinions about Are You Afraid of the Dark? I am one of your hosts, Rip, and I, as always, I am joined by the magnificent... Jumbi. It is I, the jubilant Jumbi. <laughs> and the ratifying Rip. I don't know. <laughs> the fabulous. Rip the fabulous. Rip, rip the fabulous. All right. Rip uh, the redundant. Today's episode is recapping Are You Afraid of Dark's episode 11 mm-hmm. of season 2. The Tale of the Magician's Assistants. If you joined us last episode for the Tale of the Shiny Red Bicycle, you would notice that I, Rip, was cracking up when we were predicting this episode because the Tale of the Magician's Assistant screamed uh, as a Gary tale. Easiest prediction ever, we think. Maybe. Definitely, uh... Jumpy and I agreed it was Gary. However, we yep, had a nope. different idea of what the episode was going to be about. I predicted. Remind me what yours was. That it was going to be a high school kid who does a challenge, uh, talent show, and he does one spell too far that he shouldn't have done, and he makes somebody disappear for real. Mm-hmm. Jumpy's prediction. What was your prediction? My prediction was that it would be a literal magician's apprentice or assistant. And he would learn magic from the magician, but he would, you know, wield the dark forces um, ill-advised from his, you know, teacher and then make bad things happen with magic that he should have avoided. Jumpy, Jumpy was the closer prediction to the correct mm-hmm. story. More or less. Yeah. Because this episode was told by Gary. Yeah. And, and not only that, but he decided to tell the story as a reward. The reward for everybody being on time. It took For a- once <laughs> in your life, all of you are here on time. Yes. And he's like, and now you get a reward. And he holds a big stick in his hand as he says it. Like he's going to beat them all up. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to beat you for doing this correctly. So you understand. <laughs> <laughs> he And Gary, of course, doesn't hold it in. He tells them all. Tells them, hey, I'm, I'm impressed. You're all here on time. And mm-hmm. Frank, being the Frank that he is, has to say, I sound just like my homeroom teacher, Mr. Drago, Drago the, the dragon. And Betty Ann, name. Betty Ann is like, I love Mr. Drago. I think he's funny. And Gary's like, yeah, I like Mr. Drago too. He's cool. And Frank, <laughs> with the most like obnoxious talking back, or whatever you want to call it, his clapback is like, a, you don't even know Mr. Draco, okay? How would you know? How would? He's stale. 
And Frank strikes me as like he has a really good teacher, and it won't matter because he's like, I don't have to listen to you teach, and then he just ignores it and then gets mad when he learns nothing. <laughs> I don't have to listen to you teach. I don't need this. Congratulations, mm-hmm. Frank. You passed. <laughs> you stood up to me. <laughs> um, that was the test. No, I didn't want to pass. Well, you did. <laughs> You're passing again. Good job. <laughs> Keep it up. And I love Gary because if it always feels like Frank could beat up Gary, but Gary, <laughs> for whatever reason, just like shuts it down. So even when Frank was giving him attitude, you didn't even know, Mr. Drago, how dare you act like you do? Gary's like, yeah, dude. He comes to my dad's magic shop all the time. Question me. Question me again, Frank. <laughs> yeah. Get the stick. <laughs> and he goes on to say that Mr. Drago is a prestidigitator. I fucking said that. I fucking Yeah, you did. <laughs> you did say that. You're going to be on a list now. <laughs> <laughs> a prestidigitator. What the fuck is that? Ask Christian. We'll leave that out. <laughs> Uh, David says it's a magician. It's the oh. correct term for a magician. Even the correct it... term, like, <laughs> like there's like a, like there's some type of nationality or something. Yeah, just... <laughs> mm, I find that magicians. offensive. That's very yes. Please, I find that offensive. I am not a magician. I'm a prestidigitator. And then everybody, okay. cops arrest them immediately. Like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Don't use that language. Mm-hmm. Like, you're better off with magician, dude. <laughs> so, it's very insensitive right now. So, And I like how they inserted David in the scene because I felt like he wasn't <laughs> there. Like, the whole He said camp- nothing. <laughs> no, he, he's like, oh, that's a magician. But, like, every scene in this campfire... I always one shots to him, but it feels like like no one's around. Like he's like David had some shit to do, and then he just showed up when everybody left, and it just filled him season. It's in, edited in there. Yeah, <laughs> was Kristen even there? I yeah. didn't see Kristen. Yeah, she was there. She was there. She yeah. was all like, remember, they're all on time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, for, uh Gary was like, yeah. for one member, Eric. <laughs> That's true. Uh, Mr. Drago calls himself the Amazing Drago. Frank's not having it. He's like, nah, I don't believe you. That That's so weird. Um, Gary's like, yeah, I am serious. In fact, Mr. Drago's been on TV. Oh, and- yeah. And Kristen's like, yeah, yeah, he's like really cool. Maybe you shouldn't judge people yeah. by their appearance, Frank. And David's like, yeah, I've seen him on TV. Also in a scene that looked like it didn't belong. Um, mm-hmm. Gary bends over, picks up a long stick, and is like, goes to Kristen and is like, exactly. This is what the story's about tonight. And he sits down in the midnight storyteller chair, holding the stick, the, the beating stick, as Jumpy pointed out. And at first we were like, where the hell's Kiki? And then as soon as Gary sits down, we see Kiki. <laughs> that shut me up. You're out of nowhere. <laughs> um, Gary's like, sometimes things don't turn out exactly the way you expect them to. 
people might not be who they seem to be and simple things could turn out to be far more amazing than you could ever imagine submitted mm-hmm. for the approval of the midnight society gary calls this story the tale of the magician's assistant and he doesn't throw the midnight dust into the fire cuz fucking the jerry is an og he doesn't need mm-hmm. no midnight dust into the midnight fire gary picks up a stick the stick the stick that the stick he picked up he taps one stick. he taps the campfire and it just erupts in a roar Putting the fear of God into Frank. <laughs> yes. Frank is dumbfounded. Yes. And he's like, yeah, y'all His forget. His jaw dropped. Mm-hmm. He's like, y'all forget I'm the fucking leader. That's what Gary said tonight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he looked at Frank in the eye and he's like, abracadabra, bitch. And then Frank <laughs> shut up the rest of the time. Gary needs to remind Frank that he's the boss. But, and it's just funny. Put him in his face. Yeah. Because Frank never, like, <laughs> Frank never starts shit with gary the one time he does gary's like oh yeah he picks up the stick and he taps the fucking campfire and rubs into a fire and he just looks at him he's like yeah try me again Hmm? let me tell you something about frank he's always about to start some shit (laughs) and gary just has to keep putting him in his place every time yeah he always checks him i love seeing it i think this is the final nail in the coffin (laughs) we're not gonna hear shit from frank for the next couple episodes (laughs) <laughs> prediction right now i believe you so this story mm-hmm. follows right, a teenage story. boy named todd marker mm-hmm. and of course as we learned last episode um are you afraid of dark doesn't pull any punches and they immediately tell us todd's father passed away <laughs> mm-hmm. and while his father's passed away his mom got a job unfortunately she's struggling to support both of them on her job alone she's an artist and her job was drawing and designing storyboards for an ad advertising company Mm. and i've heard people who've done these jobs it's your like sleep is not your friend you have to just There's push really through. strict deadlines. Yeah. You have to push through. They don't care about your health. But this, she's got to do it. She's got to support them both. And she's um, she's been working the long hours because they needed the money. And Todd is just like, you know what? I need, like, we need the money. I'm going to apply for a job myself, which is a nice thing for a teenage boy to do. It was an uh, initiative. Yeah. Um, so the job, as Gary described, is something like something fun, and but if he knew he was gonna what he was gonna get himself into, he probably would have never answered the ad. Which, you know, in the ending, that doesn't really make sense, now, does it? Yeah, he, he definitely would have answered the ad yeah, anyway, because whatever. What it was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we we clearly see, as, and from the scenery, as Todd's riding his bicycle to the job, that there's tall buildings, a small little park, little body of water, which means it can only be one thing, 
Todd is from the city. Yep, the big city. This is a city episode, everybody. Ooh. Yep. So, um, we don't know what city. Yeah. <laughs> the, the we can city. only guess. There's rats. Yes. Any city has rats. <laughs> uh, so Todd, as he's riding his bicycle, he comes to a mm-hmm. like a trailer or we want a trailer, right? That's what you would call yeah. it. Like, trailer. Yeah. On the on the by the body of water. And painted on it, it's Shandu the Magician. He knocks on the door. Or Shandu the Magnificent. Yeah. Yes, yes, my bad. I I also saw Shandu the Great on there. Like, I'm pretty sure yeah. I read Shandu the Great. Um, hmm. Whatever. But he knocks on the door. It didn't say Sardu, like I thought when I first saw it. <laughs> That would have made sense. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Sado is not a, a, a magician, right? So he's just like he a, dabbles. Yeah, that's funny. So Todd knocks on the door. Nobody answers. So he does the only thing he can do in that situation, and is that walk in. So, really know he, his sense of. Uh, not morals, but that that's that's the kind of person he is. Knocks on the door, nobody answers, he just lets himself in. Yeah. He knocks on the door as a warning, because I'm coming inside. <laughs> when he enters, it looks like a magician's trailer. We see cages with rabbits and ducks and doves and gooses or geese rather. Hmm. And in the middle of the room he notices like a branch on a table. And if anybody who's watched Harry Potter knows that when you see a tree branch intertwined and like the branches kind of stick out in a magician's house and it's standing up on a table, it can only mean one thing. It's a wand. Yes. Even though all the magic wands in Harry Potter did not do that <laughs> <laughs> yes def- we know it's a lot <laughs> through context clues of mm-hmm. harry potter <laughs> so uh it was like a foot long <laughs> like no, i'm sorry it was like six feet long yeah and it was thick you could like beat somebody <laughs> yeah that was basically a staff <laughs> they didn't want to call a wand I mean, they just wanted to call it a one. It was a staff. It was a magic staff, guys. Yeah, it was like, like they they cut off a piece of a tree trunk and <laughs> fashioned it. <laughs> um, Look, Harry, it's a wand. What the fuck? You need some gains, Harry. <laughs> just Hagrid like wields a tree. Just calls it a wand. Yeah, I, I feel like that's what his wand should have been. This fucking wand. Yeah, just like a big <laughs> branch or something. Yeah. So, Todd, of course, he's intrigued by this. He never saw Harry Potter because it didn't come out yet. Uh, so, he needs to it touch it. It was not even written yet, I think. I don't even know. It was. I remember it was the first several books came out in the 90s. but I think it was like 97, the first book came out. 
Yeah, this episode came out in 93. Mm. Old time. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the past. Were we alive then? Probably not. <laughs> we don't know. Yeah. Oh. Um, curiosity catches Todd. He he sees this intriguing ass branch, so he wants to go touch it. As soon as he's about to touch it, because they have to do it slowly, he like mm-hmm. touches everything. Like- but when it comes to this particular thing, he's like. Ooh, I kind of want to touch it, but I'm going to take my time. He was doing an Indiana Jones thing. It was it seemed like a reference where <laughs> he's just like like rubbing his hands together <laughs> and like examining it the same angle that they do in the Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> like he's about to steal. But before he, and can he even touch does it, I'll even talk about what, it later. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to do a switcheroo later, just like Indiana Jones. Oh, <laughs> uh, but this time all he just wants to do is just hold on to it. As soon as Baba right as about he's right. Wow, I can't say that fucking sentence. <laughs> right when he's right about, when he's about. There you go to do it. <laughs> he, uh, he hears a voice call out to him, saying, "Who's there?" <laughs> he's like, "I'm Todd Marker. I came about the ad for the magician's assistant," and he's like, "You know what?" And he's like looking around. He sees nobody, just somebody talking to him. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to leave. Don't worry about it. And he turns around. But then there's an older man in a pimp-ass robe just staring at him. Pimp Sound ass. good <laughs> as you say it. A burgundy robe with his hands Sounds above. Scary. But he, mm-hmm. the way he's standing is very yeah. dignified, you know? Like, okay. I'm a person of importance. He's mm-hmm. tall. He's that his posture is great. This this man commands respect. Okay. And he introduces himself as Shandu. Well, Todd is like, yeah, I'm looking for Mister Shandu, and he's like, no Mister. Sounds familiar. Right? <laughs> no Mister. Yeah. <laughs> no Mister. Just Shandu. Shandu the Magnificent. And. If you don't he, say so yourself. <laughs> he uh he sizes up Todd and he's like, eh, I guess you'll do. Uh what experience do you have? And Todd being desperate for money, he's like, Yeah, I got experience with Phil. Phil who? Uh the fabulous? <laughs> and he's like, So you have no experience? <laughs> I want, I, I want to imagine that Phil the Fabulous is a real magician that he worked <laughs> under, and he just sucks. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, all right, that's nothing. <laughs> Everyone's worked for him. Like that, like he didn't make it up. It's a real story. <laughs> <laughs> the next, the next title will be like Phil the Fabulous, <laughs> the tale of Phil the Fabulous. <laughs> and he's like, he does a talent show. <laughs> so that goes <laughs> terribly wrong. Yeah, it's exactly your prediction, <laughs> told by Betty Ann. Yeah. Um. So, he has no experience, but Shandu's gonna take the chance and hire him. His first task, you may ask, I know you're wondering. Like classic, what Karate Kid? You gonna teach me martial arts? What do I do? Take this broom and sweep <laughs> everything up. 
and that's Todd's first task as a magician's assistant. Tidy everything up. Um, but as he's tidying, he's about to touch the stick. And Shandu, that's a big no-no for Shandu. Mm. Like, don't touch it. Don't touch my stick. Don't touch my magic stick. And it's very rude to touch another magician's wand without asking. And In fact, it's a rule. Yeah. Never touch another magician's wand. Rule number one. Todd. Never touch a magician's wand unless they hand it to you. What does Todd say? He can't believe it. It's like, oh, that's a real magic wand. And he's a kid, so he's he's believing this. Are you sure it's not a magic staff? And he's like, it's a wand, Todd. <laughs> Shut up. It's like, dude, the thing's almost my size. Like, yeah, you're short. That's the problem. You haven't grown Number anything. seven, Todd. Shut up. <laughs> Shandu confirms it is a magic wand. And for thousands of years, good magicians and evil sorcerers have used wands like these to draw the power from the earth. And he uh, that's when, as Jumbi has said, that's when he says the number one rule, never touch another magician's wand unless he mm. hands it to you. Sorry, not the number one rule. It's rule number one. There's a difference. Yes. Thank you for correcting me. Shandu mm-hmm. then hands it to him and just, yeah, he's about to hand it to him, but then he pulls it back. He's like, you get it now? He's like, yeah, I get it. Cool. So we cut to Todd at the apartment. His mom comes in. She just worked a bunch of hours. And Todd's like opening up to her. He's like, look, I know we need the money, but I can't with Shandu. I think I'm just not going to show up again. Uh, He's a nightmare boss. (laughs) And his mom's like, Really? You want to? All right. You want to talk about nightmare jobs? <laughs> yeah. Came she, back from a forty-hour shift, <laughs> um, and I have work to do at home. <laughs> yeah, like immediately as Todd's like complaining about how Shandu's like super strict, and he's like has a short temper. The mom is like, "Yeah, hey, let me tell you about my fucking day," like just mm-hmm. not even acknowledging that he had a day to begin with, and to top it off his mom says that she's she's just here for a little bit she's about to go back into work to finish more storyboards um and then that's when todd drops the line i wonder what dad would say and then she has no choice but to okay let me go comfort him it's like your dad would say uh give it do your best don't walk away from a challenge Do your best and don't walk away from a talent challenge, even when it gets tough. And then she goes on to say, anyway, about that work, I have <laughs> to pull an all-nighter. All right, I'm going to be up all night in my room over there finishing those storyboards. So I got to take a quick power nap. Wake <laughs> me up in an hour. <laughs> and he's like, well, I'm not done talking. And she's like, shh, shh, shh. <laughs> mouth. Like she didn't right? lie down on the couch. She just like leaned up against the wall with her eyes closed. Mm-hmm. And she f- instantly falls asleep. Yeah. As someone who over his overwork does. 
So we get a montage, if you will, of Todd working with Shandu for the next couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Gary explains that as the weeks go by, as the days go by, Todd makes a bunch of mistakes over and over again. And Todd sucks. Yeah. We get, uh, what, um, what do we get? He tries the, the handkerchief trick, um, but he, like, he, uh, Shandu got a cylinder, took out the cylinder, and, 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 took out the cover of the cylinder and inside the cylinder there's a bunch of handkerchiefs that he starts pulling out when Todd tried to do it he took off the cylinder and it was like his boxers in there which is arguably a better trick it's way better <laughs> way more impressed how do you get those off <laughs> um the let's see Shandu does uh, a, the trick where he's holding uh, like a bowl Todd lights it on fire Shandu covers it, opens it up again, and a pigeon flies out. Pretty good. And I think he messed up somehow, but I didn't know how. Maybe the pigeon died or something. <laughs> Can you imagine? Because I afraid the dark doesn't play. They will kill a pigeon for this show. He, op- he opens the lid and he just looks inside with a horrified <laughs> face. Oh my god, Todd, you, mon- you monster! And then, uh, the, of course, they started with the simplest thing, right? You see Shandu. He's like shuffling a deck of cards. And like Todd just like like picks up the deck of cards and he just like throws it everywhere, trying to shuffle. I feel like he did that on purpose. <laughs> He's like, Mister Shandu, you want to see a magic trick, buddy? I know this one called Fifty Two Pickup. And then he just <laughs> throws them all on the floor and he laughs and laughs like he was the first one to come up with that joke. He probably was. It's ninety three. Yeah, and then he picked it up. <laughs> so. Shandu's in the box the um, for the disappearing trick. Todd opens one of the compartments and he sees like he shows the mirror that 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 makes the illusion happen. And that's when Shandu explains the second rule. Rule number two. Only let them see what you want them to see. And then rule number three. Hmm. Never get caught in your own reflection because mm-hmm. he ruined the trick that way by standing in the in the in i guess the light line of the mirror where he'd get reflected yeah so we got the three rules which if you say them in order really doesn't really make sense if you didn't watch the episode what is it um never had never touch another magician's wand unless he gives it to you Rule number one mm-hmm Number two, only let them see what you want them to see. And rule number three, which is the cardinal, the cardinal rule. That's correct. Never ever get caught in your own reflection. Mm-hmm. This rule must never be broken. So, so, yeah, all of this, Todd is just messing up and ruining every trick. Well, you know. He never really shows any progression. He's like not getting better. He just he just keeps messing up. <laughs> so Shandu's annoyed. He gets out of the box. He pours himself some tea. Um and he's like, Oh you're you're, you're hopeless, man. <laughs> you're barely progressing. And then Todd has the audacity to tell Shandu, he's like, Hey, 
no offense, but can you lighten up a little bit? <laughs> and he's like, excuse me, boy. <laughs> and Todd's like, yeah, you don't have to be so nasty and miserable all the time. <laughs> and he's just like, wow. <laughs> I'm about to fire you, Todd. <laughs> and Todd's like, what happened to you? And he explains about his past, about how he used to be a famous magician. Everyone knew him. Mm-hmm. He used to hit up like Broadway in, in London or something. I don't know. Nice. And he used to perform in Europe and, so, and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. He was the top hit on Broadway. And he performed for the best shows in Europe. He had his own film series. But, but they never made it to VHS. So they weren't immortalized. Yeah. And that's it. It's in the past. It's behind them. And ever since that, as the year started winding down and he never really caught on again, he's just becoming this miserable, nasty person. And he apologizes for that. He feels like a has-been. Yeah. But, you know, people who, at least he was somebody at one point, a lot of people was like never been, should look on the positive side. Yeah. So, Shandu takes out an entire suit from uh, its package and decides, you know what, Todd? Since you opened me up and actually asked about how I am and what makes me this way, I'm going to give you my first ever bolt tie. Even though you didn't progress at all in our training and I was real close to firing you just now, here's a really sentimental gift. Yeah. One of a kind bow tie. He cries a little bit. Yeah. We all cry. And it really makes it clear that he has no one. He has no family. He has no friends. This kid is the who he's known for a couple of days is like the closest friend he's ever had. <laughs> yeah. Made me sad. And with the bow tie on Todd's hand, it's time. The big day's coming up. It's here, rather. And um it's the magic show. Shandu the Magnificent. And we get Todd outside uh, the trailer to introduce him to everybody because they have an audience. Mm-hmm. And who loves magicians more than kids? That's right. Just an audience for little kids. Yeah. They can be like f- no older than five or six. <laughs> Todd warms up the crowd and he's like, who's ready to see Mr. Shandu, the magnificent Shandu? And he just points at him and everyone is yelling. They're doing that child scream that just sounds like a bunch of kids screaming. Like, yeah, <laughs> just like that. Whoa, you're perfect at that. I know. Should have practiced. Oh. Mm-hmm. The childlike joy. So Shandu does all the magic tricks. Even, mm-hmm. uh, and we finally get down to the magic trick that Todd messed up famously, which is the, the magic box. Shandu's in there, and he screams out the magic words, "Shandu can do." Todd opens it up, and Shandu's body's missing, <laughs> and he's oh. like, "I seem to be like." He makes some jokes that only adults would get, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. I guess I have no guts or some shit like that. I don't know. I forgot. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I seem to be scattered of late. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Like, 
I would never have understood that. Maybe it's because I'm not cultured. Yeah, it's not a very sophisticated <laughs> joke. But... <laughs> so, um, Shandu wants his body back, so he encourages the audience to say the magic <laughs> words with him. Shandu can do. He opens it up, and there it is, his body. And he comes out with a cake. Everybody's happy. They were a hit. Todd didn't mess up. Kids saw cake, so they're like, "It's true." The best birthday ever. (laughs) And let me tell you, bro, sugar back in the day, they didn't give a damn, dude. Sugar was loaded on everything. It wasn't as they didn't think of it as being as unhealthy as it was. It was just like, oh, you everything was just drenched in sugar, dude. So you know, you want some cakes. rice? Let me fry up some sugar first, and then I'll pour the rice in there and cook it at the bottom. That, that's that's how, how you, they do it. That's how you make fried rice, man. Yeah, it is. <laughs> every it? every time you eat rice is fried rice. <laughs> every, every have you ever seen those like um, how to make fried rice, Chinese fried rice, and and like uh, sugar YouTube? It's like all right, you get some rice, cold rice. Can't be warm because mm-hmm. it makes it mushy. Fry up an egg if you want. Throw carrots, peas, or whatever scallions, and then soy sauce. And then they're like, yeah, and add a little bit of sugar, and they it's sprinkle it on. Yeah, just to take off the acidity of everything. Not in my house. <laughs> just put the whole sugar. bag in there until yeah. <laughs> all the sugar turns brown. Yeah. And liquidy, and then you pour the rice in there. There you go. Yeah, candy rice. Candy rice. Oh, <laughs> uh, was it um? Every green. Kool Aid back in the day with all that sugar. That that was. Oh man. That did not. That shit would make you jump through walls. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but like. Remember that one with the orangutan? Oh. It was like tag. It was called tang or something. Yeah, tag. And then they realized what Tang meant and they pulled it off the shelves. Yeah. <laughs> like they got a whole bunch of kids saying, I want some Tang, dude. <laughs> that was a magical time. Yeah. Ignorance. That was right? weird. But yeah, man, Kool-Aid wasn't just, those, it wasn't like hydrating. You know what I mean? <laughs> those commercials would come on as this show was airing. Yeah. And that uh, Coke back then, there was no Coke Zero. Mm, it's just regular coke. it wasn't the time period where you had real cocaine in coke because that was like the 50s yeah but instead of that cocaine they put <laughs> way more than the recommended amount of sugar but now not the old sugar not the processed sugar the cane sugar that they still put <laughs> in the cokes that are produced in mexico and that's why those glass cokes taste better i'm just throwing it out there yes if you don't if you get a glass coke and it doesn't say made in mexico don't drink it poison <laughs> drink the mexico one. tastes way better trust me you know at this point we just might I don't as well even drink do... coke. <laughs> at this point we might as well do a uh, food blog phantoms, yes phantoms of the food blogs just talk about nostalgic food <laughs> that we can't really eat anymore well i mean you could review every dish from every country <laughs> You know, we've already you've you have reviewed poutine. You've reviewed a Mexican Coke. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's good. All right, our first episode will be about Tang. 
<laughs> Disappoint everybody. <laughs> Talk about Tang today. The drink. Remember with the orangutan? They're like, where, where is this going? I don't understand. No, you need Tang. You need Surge. You need... Um, mm-hmm. Capri Sun, obviously. Capri, it has no, to be like the there. old Capri Sun, not this like organic Capri Sun that they got going on. You need the old... Disgusting. Capri- Mm-hmm. The old one that you had to stab to get any juice out of it. <laughs> um, Respect the pouch. Damn, dude, I can't remember all the candy from back in the day and all the sugary stuff. Like the old Kool-Aid, you know? Not this, like, refined sugar stuff. You need the, they just died. They put food coloring on, on like, a box of sugar and put it in the fucking <laughs> packets. So one soft drink that nobody knows about called Chubby. Oh, yeah. That was the real stuff. Yeah, yeah only found at your ethnic food market <laughs> yeah your local Jama- jamaican shop usually in america you would have a jamaican shop that has it yeah what else oh yes what a, what a time to be alive a lot of people got diabetes back then and they didn't know why yeah. must be genetics yeah i remember as a kid one of the science projects i did was to like put a nail and like different drinks and coke like ate the nail alive (laughs) and it's like yeah and then you know they showed the picture this is the equivalent of the amount of sugar in coke (laughs) and it's like oh fuck it's like yeah crazy and then you know you get the line integrates nails Mm -hmm. you get that line if it's doing that to nails imagine what it's doing to your body the coke lobbyists were like no do you want nails in your belly then drink coke it'll dissolve it right up <laughs> so if next time you eat a nail just get some coke and it's problem solved yeah please don't eat nails please <laughs> so what are we talking about uh shandu candy his shandu candy yes so um shandu compliments todd after the show and he does it the best way he can by saying he wasn't the worst assistant he's ever had. And it wasn't that he said it. Todd asked him, so how'd I do? He's like, oh, you're not the worst assistant I ever had. And then Todd's like, yeah, yeah. This is awesome. We didn't mention it before, but now with that line, everyone clearly understands that Shandu is British. <laughs> He is obviously from England because that's how he showed affection. <laughs> My gosh, how how often do you want us to get canceled with these? <laughs> what the British know, all right? They're not the most loving people on earth, or they don't like PDA. All right, they're very reserved people. Yo, at some point, the United Nations are just going to come after us. Just <laughs> yeah, we're the biggest problem in the world right now. <laughs> He doesn't like poutine. They don't like England. They don't like... They love Mexican Coke. I don't know what that's about. They don't love Coke. Mexico loves them, but that's it. (laughs) (laughs) So, so yes. Shandu is British. And Mm. after Todd being pleased, getting his compliment, he arrives with a pep in his step the next day. He goes inside, but... All the animals have gotten out of their cage. All of them. Odd must have forgotten to lock the cages. <laughs> I assume we never really realize or figure out why this happened. I have a theory, but I'll say it, save it for okay. you. 
So Todd is like, what's going on? He's like, come on, guys, work with me here. Like, why are you like this? And he realized that he can't put all the animals back in their cages properly because they're all too wild. The rabbit's chasing the bird. The duck's, like, being a problem. So he feels like the only thing he can do is use Shandu's wand. And he points it at the room with all his might. He says, Shandu can do. Puff of smoke comes out of the air. And when it's cleared up, everything is cleaned up. Everybody's back in their cages. Every mess that was made is in order. And Todd is just like, yo, this is actually really, this is for real. This is an actual magic wand. And then he puts it back right when Shandu comes back in. But like, like um, Todd broke rule number number two, right? He puts it back as Shandu is looking in the mirror, and he sees that Todd had used his wand. Does he? Yeah. He notices. Yeah, like you see, sit. They 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 fade away to the next scene really quickly, but he sits down looks up and he sees like Todd kind of touching it and like that's it and he chooses not to react yeah because he came in I, I read it like he didn't see but why why in your perspective because I think he's uh he did all that shit on purpose like hmm. he messed up his trailer walked out or like was around waiting for Todd to come in knew Todd was going to touch the magic wand and wanted to see what would happen because he had a feeling, right? That's my theory. And why would Shandu do all this? Well, we're going to find out. Um, Todd's going, he's back home. He's riding his bike. He comes in. His mother's exhausted. And as soon as she sits down on the couch, she's like, yo, I have another project. As soon as I finished the project that I did, they want another, what, four-piece storyboard mm-hmm. due tomorrow. And Todd's just like, no, tell them no. You're tired. You're clearly overworked. And she's like, no, we need the money. I'm going to fall asleep for an hour. Wake me up in an hour. And yeah. And Todd's just like, uh, he can't. he can't deal with this, so... He does the only thing that he can do. He picks up his mom's tree plant and takes it over to Shandu's place. (laughs) For reasons. Yes. He rips off all the leaves and coincidentally the plant, the the tree branch from the tree that he took from from his mom looks like Shandu's magic wand. Like it doesn't resemble it. It's it's the same thing. Yeah. It's the same wand, like identical. Yeah. Same shape, same like cut at the end of it. Everything. Same branch pattern. Like it, it just had leaves on it. Like magic. <laughs> so he goes to Shandu's trailer, mm-hmm. and this is the scene Jumpy was talking about. He has the he has the the tree branch from his mom's house on his right hand. And he has 
the he's looking at the wand. He's taking deep breaths. He's doing his Indiana Jones because he's got to switch it quick. And then he waits for the right moment. And pow! Switches it. Mm-hmm. There was no, like, giant boulder tumbling or anything. Thank but he was saved from that. And he goes over to Shandu's. Um, uh, see, he leaves Shandu's and goes back to his house. Stealing the wand. Yeah. Like it's a bad employee. Yeah. You know, that's how Gary, everybody in Gary's story does some shady ass thing. Because <laughs> that's what Gary does. He always <laughs> does something shady. You think he's a Boy Scout, but he's not. Yeah. Always glasses. on time, though. The glasses are just the. Uh, was it? Um. Red hair. Yeah. He goes back to his mom's place. His mom's still passed out. I wonder if he ever woke her up to work. Probably <laughs> not. Um. So she's still passed out. And he's like, oh, like, I don't want my mom to work. So he goes to her little office where she has the storyboard equipment. And he points the magic wand that he stole at her work. And he says... The magic words. Shandu can do. Pow. Instantly. All. Like a big light comes out of the staff. A piece of it's on fire. <laughs> which I was concerned about. Because it's just a piece of wood. Um, and he looks at the workstation of his mom. And it has not just the two storyboards she was supposed to do before tomorrow. It has all the storyboards. All 40 storyboards finished so this is great it looks good i don't know how a good storyboard is supposed to look i guess it looks good it, it really looks like uh like some shit like you understand why that thing takes her all night and she has to do yeah. like 40 of them mm -hmm. so he did that he's like whoa it's crazy and then in the corner of his eye he sees a bright light and he looks and then he sees a beautiful woman, some model that they hired to be on the show. And she's just like, hi, I'm Nazrak. And Todd is just blown away. He's just like, oh, my God, I like Nazrak. And she she starts explaining to him, because Todd's like, oh, who are you? He's like, oh, I'm the spirit of the one. She tells Todd that the wand has special powers and that only he can bring out and that he can use it anytime he wishes. And Todd's just like, no, but this is Shandu's wand. And she's like, anytime you wish. And she vanishes. And she blows him a quick kiss too. The moment she blew him that kiss, Chumbi and I are like, uh-oh. She's a His bad. fate is sealed. Yep. She's a bad, bad, She's a bad lady. <laughs> Don't trust her. So what does, what does Todd do with this information, Jumbie? So after the encounter with Nazrak, um, Todd returns to work. Yeah. So he returns to work, and he finds that... Uh, he finds that no one's around, so he tries to go back to where the fake wand is. But then he realizes um, that Shandu is behind him. 
And Chandu is like, where have you been? Is that my magic wand in your hands? <laughs> and Todd got caught. So he's like, oh, no, no, please. Um, I was just, you know, cleaning it. He was trying to get out of it really quick. Mm. And then Chandu was like, what was rule number one? You're not supposed to take the magic wand. And he's like, I'm sorry. I just really wanted to use it. And I didn't want to listen to you. <laughs> and Chandu's like, what the hell do you mean? He's like, it's all right, all right? Nazrak told me everything. She's beautiful. I'm literally going to summon her right now because she's pretty. <laughs> and Chandu's like, you talk to Nazrak, you fool? She's a demon. A all-powerful, evil sorceress or sorcerer yeah. who was imprisoned in the vortex for centuries. A lot of lore we're dropping here. And <laughs> Gary, Gary's obviously into fantasy. He's just into some shit. He's into soft fantasy because the, the <laughs> rules of magic are very loose here, but he's into fantasy. So yeah, Shandu's freaking out. He's explaining to Todd how much he's messed up and how close he is to bringing evil out into the world. And Todd's like, well, I didn't know all that, all right? You didn't tell me, okay? How am I supposed to know not to use this just because you said not to? I am a kid. I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, so they come to understanding. He gives him back the magic wand. What happens? <laughs> no? Yeah. Uh, Shadu. So with the warning that Nazrak can destroy the entire world, uh, Shandu just is like, no, I'm done. Uh, just just get out. Just get out. Go. And Todd leaves. And they come to an understanding that Todd is fine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Todd understood that. Because Todd rides on his bike and he feels the bow tie that Shandu gave him. And he's like, no, I got to make this right. I can't, we can't end this like this. So he heads back to apologize. When he gets there, though, the, the trailer is just in smoke. And then he's like, oh, no, Shandu. So he runs. So he, he pedals his heart out, gets to the trailer, ru- rushes in. And ask Shandu for help. Um, ask if Shandu needs help. Shandu's like, yes, please help me. But very important. We never see Shandu. We just hear his voice. Um, Todd, without a second thought, picks up the wand, says Shandu can do. And all the smoke clears. Everything's fine. And Shandu's standing across the room, plotting. Todd's like, are you alright, Shandu? To which he replies, I definitely am now. I just needed you to use the wand one more time, Todd. And he's like, what do you mean? Shandu walks up to him and he's like, rule number one, remember? Rule number two, sorry. Rule number two. Only let them see what you want them to see. And then he waves his hand over his face and he instantly becomes Darth Sidious. (laughs) Darth Sidious post Mace Windu fight. Emperor Palpatine, everybody. This is... (laughs) It's a green dude with like missing teeth with with a black hood over him. It's not like... It's not like like it's an original concept, you know? (laughs) 
He's just an old, withered-looking old man with a black hood. Warts. He looks like every every necromancer you've seen in any video game. The male version of the the witch in Snow White in the Seven Doors. That one's good. Yeah, that fits. <laughs> so he's laughing evilly because you have to. He's an evil sorcerer. And he's like, Nazarak. And he points <laughs> the wand at him and he says, Shandu Kandu. And he's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> that won't work for you. And he's like, he's like, fine, Nazrak, get back. And then it works. <laughs> so, unfortunately, that didn't happen. That was no. good. That was clever. Uh, Shandu is in the world that Nazrak was trapped in. So, Shandu's magic powers don't work. Um, and now Shandu's trapped in the vortex instead of me. Ah! And Revealing like, his whole plan like a Power Rangers villain. <laughs> and he's like, you have no choice but to give me the wand now. But Todd's like, no, I'm I'm peace. And he runs off. He goes back home. He gets inside this apartment and his mom's there. He's calling for her. She's like, what? what what's going on? Um, uh, She's like, are, are you holding my tree? He's like, no, no, no. Look, this like this is a real magic wand and I'm dealing with an evil sorcerer right now. It's a hectic day. And then she's like, You think you had a hectic day? Let me tell you about my day. And he rolls his eyes. Um and he, he like him. he's like, Look, you know those storyboards that I that uh that were done mysteriously? Well, let me show you how I did it. And he walks into the room where he made uh her his mom's office or whatever you want to call it. Nook. Yeah, and he finds a note, and the note says, "Um, thank you. I don't know how you did it, but these are amazing. I'm on my way right now to take it to my job. Claim that it's my work. Yeah. <laughs> when I get back, we'll talk about it. Bye. And then that's when <laughs> he turns around." And his, the person that was pretending to be his mom starts glowing with blue aura, just like beautiful Nazarak. Thunders can be heard, and you just hear Nazarak saying, Only let them see what you want them to see. <laughs> and then Nazarak levitates yes. in, you know, still the form of his mom, levitates off the ground. Todd takes this opportunity to be like, Oh shit. And he goes underneath Nazrek, who's conveniently floating. So going underneath the feet kind of works this time. Nazrek seems nonplussed. He's just laughing. He's like, ah. <laughs> and Todd rushes to the telephone, presumably to call the cops. And he puts the phone to his ear. And he just hears Nazrek's voice saying, like, that's not going to work. I'm here. Blah, blah, blah. You're <laughs> The party you're trying to reach cannot be connected. Like <laughs> it's just all Nazarak messing with him. The number you have dialed and... is evil. <laughs> Please leave a message after the beep. So he <laughs> hangs up the phone, and then he peeks over the counter and he looks into the toaster. And in the toaster's reflection, he can see Shandu. <gasps> oh no! Shandu is there, and Shandu's like Todd. Todd, <laughs> help me, damn it. I'm in the vortex. 
Remember the rules of magic. You there. know the rules of magic. Use them. Todd, there's another Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> and then Nazrak asks, asks him his name, and he says, I'm Shandu. And then roll credits. Hmm. No. So Todd warms him about magic, and he says, remember the rules. Use them. Yes. So revigorated by his brief meeting with his mentor, a lot like, you know, Obi-Wan's spirit ghost appearing. It's like Shandu appearing. Mm-hmm. I see the I see the parallels. Yeah. Todd gets up, knowing the rules, and he's like, You can't trick me, Nazrak. I have the wand, and you can't take it from me. You can only get the wand if I hand it to you. And he's like, Yeah, well, I'll kill your mom. And he's like, Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. Damn it, Nazrak. You're crazy. <laughs> You get it too real, Nazrak. And he's like, This is, are you afraid of the dark? They don't give a he's fuck. Like, I'm, I'm an evil wizard. <laughs> what? I'm, I thought you knew what this was about. So he threatens Nazrak's mother. I mean, sorry, that would be funny. <laughs> Todd threatens, Todd's mother gets threatened by Nazrak. I'm down Imagine for that. Todd's just like, Well, I'll kill your mom, yeah. Nazrak. And he's like, No, <laughs> not my mom. Stop. <laughs> Please, I'll do anything. Todd's mom is being threatened, and we see mm-hmm. a little shot of her walking down this, um, back to her apartment from outside with groceries, and one of the, and the one of the bags broke, and all the groceries spilled, and she's like, "Oh, here we go." Mm-hmm. Worst day ever. Can't wait to tell Todd about it. <laughs> so she's safe for now, but she's in you know a depressing situation. She dropped her food all over the streets of the city, which we all know is disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Rats everywhere. So we cut back to the scene here and Todd's like, look, Mr. Nazrak, I don't know how these rules work, but also I'm willing to make a deal. All right. Because I kind of trust you. I like that look in your eye. I'll give you the wand if you promise not to harm my mom. And that's it. And Nazrak's like, and yourself? And he's like, no, just my mom. Don't harm my mom. (laughs) And Nazrak's like, all right, that sounds like a really good deal. Hmm. Sure. So Nazrak comes out from the shadows because <laughs> he was hiding in there. And Todd positions himself in the living room. And he hands the wand over to Nazrak. And he's like, remember our... What? what yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, it's scary. <laughs> so Nazrak gets the wand and he's like, ha you fool. And Todd's like, don't forget our deal. You can't harm my mom. And he's like, yeah, I'm not going to harm your mom. But I could still kill you, Todd. Aha, and, I'm evil, remember? And Todd's like, oh, I keep forgetting how horrible you are. <laughs> and then he tries to use the wand on Todd. But Todd knowingly jumps out of the way, revealing a big mirror behind him. <laughs> and apparently that mirror... Hitting it with your magic is a big no-no. Yep. And he gets zapped by his own magic spell. It's the cardinal rule, son. mm -hmm, Don't get caught in your own reflection. Mm -hmm. And he interpreted that in a very unique (laughs) way. And it still worked out, I guess. Unique or literal? Both. (laughs) So, Nazrak is messing around, throwing forced lightning, basically, from his (laughs) wand into the window. uh, Into the mirror. Power. power and then he kind of just disappears 
and Shandu appears in his place. Um, presumably, they switched places, and now he's stuck in the vortex again, and Shandu is back up. Hmm. Although, this man's a shapeshifter. He could have just pretended to be Shandu in this moment. <laughs> but let's assume it's actually Shandu. So, Nazrak's back in the portal, in the vortex. Shandu got out. And the Todd and him have a little talk. Yep. Um... Uh, Shandu's impressed he's like how'd you know he's like never get caught in your own reflection he's like good good I respect you I trained you you well Mm. and he's he's impressed and Todd apologized for for not listening to him if he listened to him none of this shit would have happened in the first place Shandu apologized for not believing in him earlier I think Um, but he's like you do have the makings of a fine magician so I need to retire and you need to be my successor. Um, the wand is now yours. And Todd's and like, hold up. He I tells, don't. he t- what? <laughs> no, Todd's like, hold up, hold up. I don't know how to fucking use this thing. And there's an evil wizard trapped inside. And then also, if I use it, he comes out. So what's <laughs> the point of having it? And Shadu's like, you'll learn how to use it properly in time. <laughs> so he he makes Todd his successor, but he does not grant him the rank of magnificent. <laughs> There's too much trouble within him. Mm-hmm. Too much conflict for yes. too much love for his mother. <laughs> so Shandu tells him magical rule number four: always lead them wanting more. He bows his last bow. And vanishes in the same bright blue light that uh, Nazareth came out of. And Todd's like, like, what do I do? I don't know what to do. And Shandu's like, don't worry. If you have any questions, I'll never be far away. And the story ends. And Gary says, Todd never saw Shandu again. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he didn't have any questions. I don't <laughs> But the story... He never saw him again because he threw that wand out because it's useless. <laughs> um, Todd's mom had to come back after uh, Shandu left. And she says that uh, something ha- she had a crazy night. Something happened to her tree. And Todd smiles looking at the wand and he knows he can use that to fix the tree. Story ends... Gary says he never saw Shandu again. All the friends smile, impressed with the story. Kiki's heard in the background saying, damn, that was a good story. Gary picks up the red water bucket, sorry, the midnight bucket, Mm -hmm. poured the midnight water into the midnight fire. And he declares the meeting of the Midnight Society closed. Then as everyone's leaving, you could notably see that Frank kind of lingers back and he Frank picks shook. and he picks up Gary's stick and taps the the campfire and just waits for it to light up like how Gary did it and Kiki's like yo you coming and he's like Ugh, fine and then he walks away still like in amazement of how Gary did that in the first place he didn't learn a damn thing from this episode yeah. he didn't even <laughs> hear his story he was just like how the hell did he do it He's just looking at the fire the whole time. Like, it, it must be some kind. Of, I don't know. Yeah. And <laughs> that was Gary's magic wand. And he fucking touched it, Frank. 
Shame, shame, shame. But that's it. We end with a close-up of the wand next to the campfire that's been put out. And that's it. Mm. Um, I like the story, but there's so much potential, I think. I think time really uh, held them back. Like, if this was, like, mm. a 40-minute episode, this would have been really good. Yeah, I think so. If they had a little more time to flesh it out a bit. Yeah. One piece of trivia that's kind of cool. The guy who played Todd mm-hmm. played Dougie Freeman in The Tale of the Twisted Claw. Nice. One of David's stories. David's infamous story about the monkey's paw. <laughs> How'd you feel about the episode overall other than it needs more time? It was good. It was good. I liked it. It was it was a nice like change of pace from the shiny red bicycle. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was some dark heart. stuff. <laughs> tore my yeah. heart. It was a nice light story with a like drama, you know? Mm-hmm. It was good. And it definitely it screamed like a Gary story. So I like that yeah. too. High fantasy, borderline not horror. <laughs> so I think Shandu was testing because he told Todd that he was testing him, right? He mm-hmm. he knew from the moment like that he picked up the wand that something special was about him, but he needed to test him, and he passed the test. I don't know what the fuck that meant, <laughs> so that's why I wish that we got fleshed out a little bit more. I also wish that having the wand would mean anything, <laughs> and there'd be a reason not to destroy it. He's like, oh, you'll train with the wand and get better. Like, what do you mean he's going to train with it? Every time he uses it, he releases... This Nazrek person. But you made Maybe a good Nazrek point. doesn't exist. Jumbi made a good point when we were watching the, the show. Um, when Shandu was stuck in the other vortex that uh, Nazrek came from, Jumpy's like, well, I guess he has to break the stick to, to let him out. Even though definitely that, that's not what happened. <laughs> he has to use it. Yeah. So why doesn't he just break it? So there, there's some rules that I feel she needed to be fleshed out. At this point, we're just like nitpicking. Yeah, <laughs> that's not really nitpicking. I mean, yeah, it's a kid, it's a kids show, so it is nitpicking. We're not gonna get like HBO level story. <laughs> I mean, I just want some basics, man. Yeah, make make it make sense, right? Yeah. Uh, what about you? You feel like? How do you feel? I liked it. I think I just liked it though. Yeah. Only just liked it. Wasn't scary enough for me. Like I need some a little bit of scary elements to it. This didn't seem scary at all. It just seemed like a fun, you know, bonding experience between an old master and a young mentor, Padawan. Yeah. Mentee. Mm-hmm. The um, mentee. Yeah. So I do believe he was testing him when the the place was messed up and he used the wand to fix everything. Because I feel like he kind of honed in on who Todd was. Todd wants to help. Like, he's a good yeah. kid at heart. But he um, he will just think of, like, the easiest solution rather than, like, do all the work. I think it would make a lot of sense if there really was no Nazrek. Yeah. And like you're saying, this was all a test. Yeah. And that he could just use the magic magic wand freely now. 
And there really is no Nasrick. He was just kind of making shit up. Yeah, I mean, that would have been the best. That would explain a lot of stuff, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, like, now you can use the wand because I trust you. And Yeah. <laughs> Even though there's no other evil demon in the world, just I made it all up. And the only demon, evil demon around here is you, Todd. <laughs> use it wisely. Yeah. Todd I mean, the terrible. And Todd used it for good, right? Like, he didn't... The only... He did that to clear the room, clean up the room, try to save his mom. Shandu, yeah, and helped his mom. Yeah, I would I, have had a lot of questions if I was his mom. <laughs> I I like your ending a lot better. Just to have mm-hmm. him like, okay, yeah, Nazareth didn't exist. That was just him testing him. See yeah, what he. That's how I'm gonna interpret it because he was like, oh, it was just a test. And what was it? Uh, the uh the other thing right the like give me the wand and i'll protect your mom kind of thing and he did give it to him but he was setting him up so it's like a good you know like you can tell his thought outside the box Mm -hmm. cool all right now's the time right it's think so that we do the the predictions let's do it um, you say the title, I will give you who I think says the story, and then you tell me. Okay. So you want me to tell you what the next one's titled? I'll do it. Don't worry about it. Okay. So I'm going to tell you the title. You tell me the prediction of who's going to say it. Ready, set, go. The next title episode is called The Tale of the Hatching. Mm. The only two options in my head. Kiki. Kiki. Yeah. I want to say Frank. (laughs) (gasps) I want to say Frank. I feel like this is the dragon story we were promised. (laughs) <laughs> we're satisfied with the dark dragon within <laughs> no clearly I was mm-hmm. but I guess David can't do a dragon story he can only pull at the heartstrings but it's the hatching right that could mean anything that could be like an alien taking over the fucking the Ah, but we haven't heard from Betty Ann in a while, but she wouldn't say a story like the hatching, right? It would be like the infamous hatching or some shit like that. I would go with Kiki just because I haven't heard from her in a while. Yeah, we haven't heard from her at all, right? The one story she did do, Gary fucking read it. So I just feel like she needs a good telling. And the tale of the hatching, I can't really place it on anybody so i'll just throw it to kiki okay maybe it's gonna be about like a a chicken a chicken egg <laughs> that she's she's like incubating for a school experiment mm-hmm. and like it hatches something that's not a chicken mm-hmm. you're going with dragons i i say frank and this is the the, the dragon story you wanted right okay it's so far out there Frank's not that dude, <laughs> but I mean, mine's not very likely. 
It's Kiki and a chicken egg that becomes something else. Ooh, if they had a chicken egg and they did the whole like uh, basilisk origin because nice. basilisks are formed with like a chicken egg and a frog like lays on it or something yeah. and makes it hatch, that's a basilisk. basilisk. That's cool. Which is like a really easy way to make a horrible creature. <laughs> uh, you think there'd be a lot of them? Uh, tail to hatching. Um. Yeah, yeah. I say they find an egg, and it hatches into a mythical creature, and I say it's Frank. Hmm. Cool. Sounds good. Yeah. So we got our ideas in. We got our predictions in. So, nothing left to do but say, any last words, Jumbie? My last words. The Prestige, two thousand six. Go watch it. <laughs> All right. That was a good movie. What was the other one that came around the, uh, around the same time? The Illusionist. Yeah. Some shit like that. Those were two mm-hmm. good movies with similar plots. But I really like The Prestige. <laughs> well, with that being said, thank you for coming out. <laughs> thank you for listening to another episode of Phantoms of the Silver Screen. If you enjoyed this episode... Feel free to check out whatever content we may have provided. If you really love us, give us a like, subscribe, follow, anything to show us that you love us. Because you know what? We love you. And we always will. Big thank you. Appreciation from the Phantoms. And with that said, we bid you adieu. Abracadabra.